Welcome to Living the Good Life Podcast, where we bring you messages, thoughts, and advice for living the good life. Today's message is brought to us by Brother Larry Dishman. Ephesians 5, 18. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. I'd like to speak on steps to being filled with the Spirit. I once heard a story about a man bought a new car. He saved for it. He buys it. He has it delivered to his home. He parks it in his driveway. He washes it. He waxes it. He shows it off to his friends. He even sits in it all afternoon. But he doesn't know how to start it. He has to push it everywhere it goes. Now that sounds kind of silly, but I believe that's the way a lot of professing Christians run their spiritual lives. They feel that they're saved, they feel that they're sealed, they're indwelt by the Holy Spirit, but they've never quite gotten the hang of it or understood the subject of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes, they have faith, but they end up pushing it around and instead of allowing it to carry them through life. I believe if you're saved, you're saved. And that's wonderful. But I also believe in the need of being filled with the Holy Ghost. If you and I are going to experience the fullness of the Christian life, then we must learn what we have to do in order to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't believe it's just enough to be saved. I think God wants every one of us to be filled with the Spirit. If you're saved, walking in the light, you're on your way to heaven. But unless you get filled with the Holy Spirit, there's a rough road here below. And this verse gives the Christian some commands. He says, you be filled with the Holy Spirit. There's not a command in the Bible that says be sealed with the Holy Spirit. Because when we meet certain conditions, that happens automatically. But here's a command to be filled with the Spirit. Now somebody said, yeah, but the Bible says not to drink, be not drunk with wine. Where is it excess? Yes, it says that, but it also says much more. While it does say some don'ts, it also gives us a do. And Christianity is far more than a bunch of don'ts. There's a whole lot of do's to keep us busy also. In fact, if you'll spend your time doing the do's, you won't have time to do the don'ts. Amen. A lot of do's in the Word of God. And Ephesians 5.18 tells us not to be under the influence of alcohol, but rather be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. So let's look at this together. And let's find out what are the steps we must take 
in order to be filled with the Holy Spirit. See, I want to reach my fullest potential in God. I really do. Amen. I want the people that I preach to, to also reach their fullest potential in God. There's some reasons why. I believe that an individual really ought to be filled with the Holy Spirit continuously, consciously, until this is a personal reality in your life, you'll never be able to enjoy and appreciate and participate fully in the Christian life. And there's several good reasons why we should be spirit-filled. First reason, because we gotta be spirit-filled in order to be obedient to God. This is a command. I, I think a lot of folks look at this as a suggestion, but to be filled with the Spirit is not a suggestion, it's a command in the Word of God. The Christian who is not filled with the Holy Spirit is walking in disobedience to God. The word is not really abiding in him and dwelling in him. And Jesus said, if we abide in him and his words abide in us, and until we've obeyed this command and we are really filled with the Holy Spirit and under the Spirit's control, his words are not really abiding in us. Present tense, amen, which tells us to be filled now and remain filled forever. It's plural. It means that every Christian, every last one of us has an obligation to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, some folks say, well, this is for the pastor and it's for the Sunday school teacher. But I just come here. I'm just a little old Christian. It's for you. It's for all of us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We shouldn't be afraid of this term. The Spirit of God won't do any damage. It'll help us. It'll strengthen us. Spirit filling is not the privilege of a few, but it's a command for all. It's not the abnormal Christian experience, it's the normal Christian experience. In the book of Acts, the second chapter, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And I believe the same group of men in Acts chapter four were filled with the Holy Spirit again. They came up against some obstacles and they went to prayer. They was facing some things and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they got up from there and they went out and preached the word of God with boldness. They were needing more of the Spirit's influence. And I believe that's the need among the people of God today. They have more of the Spirit's influence. You know what? We're not too filled with the Holy Spirit. None of us have too much of the Spirit's influence. But there's a good possibility that we don't have enough of the Spirit's influence. Amen. And then also, dear ones, it's an obligation to God, not only to do, amen, what God says in the matter of being filled with the Spirit, 
we also have an obligation to him. We're obligated to God in every area of our lives. And being filled with the Holy Spirit affects every area of our lives. Amen. We must strive to be everything we can be for his glory. And we do this by being filled with the Holy Spirit. Notice several areas where it's especially important for us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And much of it is right here in the context of Ephesians 5.18, where he's telling us not to be drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Friend, this is a prayer that I often pray myself. I'm not preaching to you something that I don't practice. I often seek the face of God, asking God to remove from me anything that's unlike him and asking God once again to fill me afresh with the Holy Spirit. Friend, I notice when there's something in my life, I realize when my preaching is not as effective, when my witnessing is not as effective and I've got to get alone somewhere with God and say, God, whatever's hindering me, I want it out of my life. Well, I want to truly be filled with your Holy Spirit. What about your worship life? We're told in Ephesians 5, 19, speaking to yourselves in Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs of making melody in your hearts to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Dear ones, in order to experience worship, we have to be sensitive and controlled by the Spirit of God. Friend, this is what worship is all about. According to the book of St. John, the fourth chapter and verse number 24, it says, God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. We need the spirit's influence in our wedded life. Ephesians 5, this same chapter, amen, that deals with the need of being filled with the Holy Spirit. It gives some very specific commands to husbands and wives. Amen, neither husband nor wife can fulfill their duties to the other until they're living under the influence of the Spirit of God. Until they are, the home will be out of balance. I believe if husbands and wives would truly get filled with the Spirit of God, that it would take care of a lot of problems they're having in their marriage. Right here in our context, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit on the job. Read Ephesians 6, verse 5 through 9. Amen. We're to do our jobs as if we are directly working for the Lord. He actually teaches us in verses number five and nine that we're to serve our boss as we serve Christ. Every Christian ought to let his light shine brightly on the job. Friend, there's a great need for spirit-filled workers 
on the job. When there's spirit-filled workers on the job, people's gonna take notice. That man is different. He's not like the average John Doe. There's something different about a man that's filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit in our war life. Amen. Because according to the book of Ephesians, the sixth chapter and verse number 10 through 17, we're locked in a mortal combat with a spiritual foe, the devil. And the only hope that we have in succeeding in this battle is to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I don't care how many scriptures you know and how much you study the Bible, we cannot succeed in this battle against the devil without being filled with the Holy Spirit. The weapons of our warfare, friend, they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds and casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. We're in a battle, amen. We don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but with principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. And he tells us one of the things that we're to do, put on the whole armor of God, take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We need the spirit and the word of God. Amen. I'm telling you, friend, there's a battle going on. The flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are the contrary, the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. And dear ones, the devil is after your home. The devil is after your family. The devil is after your marriage. The devil is after your faith. The devil is after your health. He's after your happiness and anything he can destroy. And the only hope that we have to come against the devil is to be filled with the Holy Ghost. We need to be filled with the Holy Ghost because of our witness. Otherwise, there'll be no power to touch the heart. Amen, I believe if we're Holy Spirit filled, that our witnessing has a special ring about it. Amen, and that's the very purpose of it. According to the book of Acts and the very first chapter and verse number eight, where he said, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And what's the next thing he said? And ye shall be witnesses unto me. Amen. That's the why that uh, Jesus told those apostles. Friend, he gave them the commission in Matthew 28, in Mark 16, in Luke chapter 24. But you know what he said? Don't go out right now. You go to Jerusalem and you wait for the endowment of power from on high. And friend, once they went to Jerusalem and waited for the day of Pentecost, amen, when they received power from on high, they went out and effectively preached the word of God in the power and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit to the then known world. And because of it, we have the book of Acts. And that's what it is. It's the book of Acts. And dear ones, 
without them being filled with the Holy Spirit, we wouldn't have the book of Acts today. Amen. Ephesians 5, verses 14 and 16. Wherefore he saith, Awake, thou that sleepest, arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. These are dark, fierce days. We're facing the enemy. But these are also days of great opportunity because the world needs the message of hope. And we have a tremendous opportunity to share the gospel with the world. But to take advantage of this great privilege, we got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So what's the requirements? I believe in order for a person to be filled with the Holy Spirit, they must first experience conversion. Amen. The filling of the Spirit is an inclusive privilege of the redeemed. Amen. Receive Jesus into your heart and life through repentance and believing. Being filled with the Spirit is like a commitment. It's a commitment to a person. Somebody said, well, I did that when I got saved. And I know that's true to a certain extent. But because we were not saved, most of the time when people come to the Lord repenting, asking for forgiveness, they don't have the knowledge and the understanding to make the commitment that they need to make. And that's why Romans 12 verses 1 and 2 is talking to Christians. Amen. I beseech you therefore, brethren, not sinners, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be it transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I didn't know all about that when I got saved. I didn't understand I was supposed to do all that. It was later I come to understand. I need to seek God. I need to ask God to fill me with the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know what? Commitment is to a person opening all the doors of your life, your heart, your home, your marriage, your family, your job. Invite him to come in and take control of everything. And as the song says, yield unto the Holy Spirit. Let him have his way. We are to make a commitment to the Spirit of God to live under His influence. You know what He'll do? He'll change your walk. He'll change your talk. Amen. It'll change your courage. It did for the brethren in Acts, the fourth chapter. Give you power, give you what you need. But we have to allow Him to do His work and keep it a part of our daily lives by total dependence upon him. Amen. Claiming Colossians 2 and verse number 6, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. We received him by faith, and we must have faith that he will also fill our lives. Amen. First of all, we got to come to the place where we ask him to empty us 
of things that could hinder his spirit working in our lives. Amen. I always encourage people before they just come down to the altar and say, oh God, I want to do this. I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I encourage people to search their hearts and examine their hearts and ask God to search them and see if there's things there that could be hindering the Spirit of God. Because there's a lot of things that God's Spirit just won't mix with. Amen. You see, a lot of problems that folks are having, I believe could be solved with a good dose of the Spirit of God. You know what I tell people? When they're having a hard time at home, struggling with measuring up, you need more love. You need more love. You need to fall in love with Jesus. You got a love problem if you're having trouble measuring up to the Word of God. And if you've got a love problem, you've got a Holy Ghost problem. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. You got a love problem, you got a Holy Ghost problem. You got a faith problem, you got a Holy Ghost problem. Because the fruit of the Spirit is faith. Amen. It produces faith. People having problems, not being faithful to the house of God, just being neglectful. They got a love problem. Amen. You got a love problem, you got a Holy Ghost problem. Amen. People's having problems in their prayer life. They're just not praying. They got a love problem. You got a love problem. You got a Holy Ghost problem. You're not studying. You've give up on your personal devotion. That means you got a love problem. You got a love problem. You got a Holy Ghost problem. Amen. So dear ones, let's ask him to remove the unworthy things of our life. You know what I've found? Spirit-filled Christians their relationships will change. Your relationship with God will change. It will strengthen your relationship with God. It'll fill you with praise and adoration. You'll have a true spirit of worship. His work will not be drudgery to the individual that's filled with the Holy Spirit. I believe it'll change relationships with other people, loving them, forgiving them, submitting to them. Reactions will change. Criticism will be replaced with thanksgiving. Our text said in Ephesians 5.18, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. God will receive the glory and honor. Reality will change because of the fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians 5, verse 22 through 25. The fruit of the Spirit will be on display in the life of a Spirit-filled Christian. Can you honestly say, honestly, you're Spirit-filled? If not, I challenge you to come before the throne, open all the doors of your life, hand the Spirit of God the keys, and give Him control. It'll make all the difference in your Christianity. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you found this message helpful, please share this episode with your friends on Facebook, Messenger, or your favorite social media. If you have questions or suggestions, please message us on Facebook by searching Living the Good Life Show. A big thank you to Sister Rachel Fowler for all of her editing expertise. Until next time, keep living the good life.